Let's get real here. What will you do when your 17-year-old tells you that his girlfriend, the one you counseled him not to date because she's not a believer, is pregnant? How will you react when you find out from another parent that for the past six months, your daughter has been going by a different name and using the boys' restroom at her middle school? What will be going through your head when your teen proudly displays her new tattoo or eyebrow piercing at church? What will be your facial expression when your young adult son tells you that he's pretty sure he no longer believes in God? So begins a powerful blog post from Rebecca Matt. And so, uh, you know, I'm reading through this, Unshockable Parenting. Uh, we had to have her back. She was with us uh, not too long ago, and she writes at greatandnobletasks.com. Rebecca, it's great to have you back. How you doing? Thanks for having me. All right. This blog post, by the way, uh, it really went crazy, right? This is one of mm-hmm. your most, popu- uh, most popular posts that you've had on your, your blog, I think. It is the most popular. Um, I kind of, it it has surprised me a little bit. Um, It's just been shared a lot. I think there are a lot of parents who need to hear this, who wanted to hear it. Um, I didn't really quite realize how many, but it's been quite a bit. Yeah. So what is your definition of unshockable parenting? Well, that's a good question. Um, I can kind of talk about what it is and what it isn't. So, um, what it means to be an unshockable parent, the, the reason you're doing it is to maintain the relationship with your child. Um, so it kind of refers to, I think, um, a visible reaction that you would have, your tone of voice, your body language, the look on your face. When you find out something about your child that is extremely disappointing to you, maybe even horrifying to you. Um, it's kind of practicing how you would react in that situation. Um, when I first heard someone talk about this whole idea, which was actually on Christian radio, I had very young children, toddlers, and the guest on the radio said, you know, if you have young children, now is the time to be thinking about this. Now is the time to ask yourself, What will you do when your daughter comes and tells you at 17 that she's pregnant? What will you do when you find drugs under your son's bed? And at the time I I was, you know, I thought, why, why would I need to be thinking about this now when I have very young children? And um, the person who was talking about this said, you know, I'm not saying if you find these things, you think in terms of when, Hmm. because it mentally prepares you. It emotionally prepares you to not react with visible anger, visible outrage, uh, visible great disappointment. Those are the kinds of things that damage relationships with kids, with young adults, even teenagers, who already probably know they've done something that greatly disappoints you. And if you react instead with grace toward them, the way that God reacts toward us, when we make mistakes, when yes. we have struggles that we are not dealing with very well, when we have errors in judgment, um, or when we have choices that disappoint him, 
choices that we might think are perfectly fine at the time, but they are very disappointing to God. He reacts with grace toward us and forgiveness. And that is that just has stuck with me for all these years. I went home all those years ago and and said to my husband, hey, we need to talk about this. I heard the craziest thing on the radio. And we were both new Christians and raising our children as Christians. And, you know, it was unbelievable to us that anything like this could ever come up in our lives. You don't Mm -hmm. look at your children and expect them to do something like that. But they can, because they're human, just like you are. They're not perfect. They're not going to lead perfect lives. See, now, that's that's a part of it, too, isn't it? It's good for us to remember when we were their age, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, you know? Wow, I'm just uh, wincing right now just thinking about it. You know, yeah. the mistakes made, yeah. stupid things I've I've done. I'm glad there was no, no. cell phone cameras, yes. YouTube, and social media back when I was a teenager. You know, I and that really humbles you too. You you need because the older you get, uh, the more distance you put between yourself and what happened way back when. You don't remember the way you should, and I think that that that's tough because then we expect our kids, well, we we have this standard for them that they should live up we to, do. and we're not even thinking about how tough it was to be their age. Yeah, we do have a standard, and I think as Christians, um, for me especially, I thought, well, I made a lot of those mistakes, but I wasn't raised as a Christian. Look how I'm raising my children. Surely they won't make those mistakes. But gosh, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's not going to protect them from from being human, from being sinful creatures, which we all are. Um, And so I had to really mentally prepare for that. Um, And I think sometimes as Christians, one of our biggest problems, um, and this is something that I I didn't really have room to go into in this article, but I think is is so prevalent among parents, um, sometimes one of our biggest issues is dealing with our own embarrassment. If our child chooses to do something, our embarrassment at church, our embarrassment in our neighborhood, Um, we're the good Christian family, and here our child did something maybe that's kind of obvious that is not something we necessarily would approve of. Um, And sometimes they walk into church and have those things that are kind of obvious, and we have to deal with our own pride. So that's another part of the issue. Um, And the other thing I found, um, I've gotten some responses on this that also surprised me, and I'll I'll mention one of them. One of the responses I got to this article is um, some people said that they have difficulty from the older generation. So, for instance, someone our age with the teenagers is having difficulty from their own parents or their own older generation, say, in church, who's saying, How are, why are you letting them do this? What, aren't you going to do mm. something about that? You know, and so they're getting pressure to sort of fix their child or their child's situation. But, you know, that's usually not in our power to do that. Or mm. if, if we try to, again, it can harm that relationship with our kids, which is really the whole point of this, is to maintain that relationship, to keep it open and trusting between us and our children. I think part of it, too, is, you know, we think as believers, there again, we're raising our kids, uh, you know, we're, we're not perfect, our kids know we're not perfect, hello, but we're doing our best to raise them in a godly way. 
And then we read all the parenting books, you know, and we've got them all. And we read through them from Dr. Dobson to Dr. Kevin Lehman, on and on and on and on it goes. And we somehow think, even though intuitively we know it's not true, we somehow think that if we just put all these pieces into place, our kids are going to avoid some of these landmines. And, you know, that just is just not the way life is. That is exactly what happened to me. Um, I'm a big reader. And again, as a new Christian, I did read a lot of those books. I read um, all kinds of things, Christian and secular. And I was pretty sure that I knew how to raise um, maybe not perfect kids, but kids that just wouldn't make anything like the mistakes I made, uh, kids that wouldn't fall prey to uh, what a lot of kids face in today's culture, um, kids that wouldn't question their faith ever. And, you know, that just, it doesn't happen. It doesn't, I mean, Mm -hmm. it seems like it happens sometimes in other families because you look at other families and their kids look like they're not struggling. They look like they don't have those problems, but I can assure you that the vast majority of them do have something going on. With yeah, kids. which, you know, brings up how damaging and uh, really mean-spirited it is to lie about your Facebook posts. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, look at how happy we are in the perfect family, mm. when I know that's not true, and I'm, I'm glad you're happy, but are you happy? And what do you make everybody else feel so bad for? Why don't you say, hey, tough day today, but... I love my family. Oh, you've seen those posts, too. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and I just think that that's kind of passive-aggressive or something. <laughs> it's not that you shouldn't celebrate the good things. You should. But I think, oh, come on, you're making some people feel like they're, like they're, wrong. they're unique in their uh, troubles when... That's oh. true. And, you know, here's another huge advantage to becoming what I call an unshockable parent. It's not just for your own kid's benefit. It's for us as Christians, if, if we are kind of unshockable with our own kids visibly, you know, to them, um, we can be that way with other people's kids as well. Yeah. And it really mm-hmm. allows us to minister and to come alongside yes. those other families and say, you know, yeah, I saw your daughter's tattoo, and not to be judging it, not to visibly, you know, if the mom wants to talk about it, let her talk to us. Yes. You know, um, talk to that child the same way you always have. Um, it's it's not being judgmental. It's not showing that disapproval or that, you know, being horrified. It really is kind of being unshockable, like, oh, yeah, your kid did something. My kids do things, you know we're all kind of in the same boat because everybody's human. 